Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hey, this is your boy Frank Gore. You li- I'm listening to 49 of Rush Niners all day. That's Brain Sits Home, baby. Let's go. I love it. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? Welcome to the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host, as always, John Chapman, and I am thankful. I'm thankful for a lot of things, Um, probably none more than uh, a relatively healthy family right now, which is great. Uh, But you guys, this community that has been established and continues to grow and all of it grows because of you guys. So thank you uh, for everybody showing up. Uh, this is awesome. Just spending time together this week, above all, um, to, to kind of take a step back and to pay attention to what it is, uh, you know, you're thankful for and that makes this whole uh, experiment that we have going. You know what I mean? And man, oh my gosh, Adam, uh, <laughs> thank you for the very kind and generous gift, my friend. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family as well. Uh, Adam's a great dude. Uh, just want to say thank you, man. Um, all right, here's what we got. We got a lot of stuff, okay? We have a whole bunch of stuff. One, this week is beyond important. I, I still, and I'm going to keep saying this over and over again because I, I don't think people are picking up on it. This week is the most important game we have left on our schedule. There's seven games left. This is number one. 
Now, it's not the make it or break it game. However, if you win this game versus the Vikings, whew, you've got not easy sailing, but you are way ahead of everybody else moving forward. And we're going to conclude this episode at the very end with our 49ers cheer guide. Who to root for and who to root against. And man, one of them is going to be really, really difficult. Uh, I'll just tease that one. Look at that. In the business, we call that a teaser. That's about as good as I could do because I, I wear my heart on a sleeve. Like, I'm not good at setting up things. I just I got to talk about what the issue is, right? Uh, that's what it is. We're going to go over the injury report. We're going to go over new additions. 49ers brought in two new players um, today. Plus, getting a couple players back. Going to talk about that. Then we're going to jump into probably what I want to talk about the most. I'm a history guy. Um, and that history applies to football much more so than other things. Uh, like, obviously, I teach AP history, government, economics, study political science and economic thought in college and grad school. But, man, I love football history. It is a passion of mine. I spent this offseason, went to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton and spent a weekend there just, like, divulging as much information as possible and just taking all that in. So the 49ers, they just announced the 26 semifinalists for the 2022 Hall of Fame. And guess what? The 49ers don't have one. They don't have two. They have three. Three studs that are available out of the 26. So we we make up over 10% of the Hall of Fame um, semifinalists this year. And so we're going to spend some time on that, um, going through those guys. And again, if you want some more history, just type in wherever it is. You're, just scroll down the feed this summer. We ranked the all-time 49ers, and we went into depth on all of them and ranked one through, I think we did 32. It was supposed to be 20, then it was 25, and I just couldn't keep... I, I wanted to keep adding people into it um, anyway. Uh, so that's what we're going to do there. Plus, we got some more film breakdowns that we put up on Patreon. Just finished literally an hour ago the defensive tape on the Jags game. And, man, it was fun. Um, yeah, it was quick. <laughs> Probably one of, They only had, you know, I, I think it was 44 offensive plays. The 49ers had 66 offensive plays. So we got through the first... I think there were maybe like 12 to 13 plays in the first half, maybe a little bit more than that. But we got through the film relatively quickly, an hour, which is quick for me. You guys know me. I talk too damn much. But it was fun and a lot of things to take away from that film. So if you want to jump over there and grab that and check that out, patreon.com, 49ers Rush Podcast. Go check it out. As soon as you sign up, you get access to everything. I think we're up to over 250 hours of film breakdown. And I know a lot of people, a comment I get is, man, I just don't have time to do all that. That's okay. That's okay. Start small, right? Um, just tip your toe in the water. Trust me, it's content you're going to love. Plus, we did a full episode yesterday, additional po podcast that was not available for everybody else, just Patreon, going in depth over all of the playoff teams that the 49ers are competing against, um, diving into the Panthers, diving into the Saints, diving into um, – the Vikings and going over film for those guys where their ranks are and got a lot of positive feedback on that. So if you want to check that out, you need some more quality broadcasting. That's the place to get it. And as always, you jump over there, you don't like it money back, hundred percent guaranteed zero questions asked. Uh, that's me. I personally guarantee that you're going to enjoy it. So let's jump into the injury report because nothing too significant, thankfully. And you know, almost like, you know, knock on wood, the 49ers, we've been doing really well as far as injuries go this year. I know that we still have some PTSD from last year, and rightfully so. However, 
we're getting healthier and healthier three weeks in a row. Um, McGlinchey went down. That was probably a big one. Um, but since then, relatively well. Today, only two players were limited. Josh Norman. Again, he's dealing with kind of the same issues that he's been dealing with. And Lakin Tomlinson. Um, but again, limited, not out. Trent Williams got a vet day, so he didn't practice, but he's just fine. After running that route <laughs> before that touchdown, uh, he needs to rest that ego a little bit. Um, so that's great on that front. Um, Kyle Shanahan was asked earlier, the press conference has just ended about 10 minutes ago, so we didn't have time to cut up those clips. Asked about Drake Greenlaw. Activated his 21-day window, practice window. Um, and Kyle Shanahan said, quote, hopefully he's ready to go this week, end quote. Um, he was out there before the game against the Jaguars going through a full pregame warm-up. Um, not with pads, of course, but getting a lot of personalized work, um, agility, and all that stuff. And he looked really good. So with a groin issue, you want to slowly bring that back. And it's the sudden changes. It's not so much opening it up full speed. It's the change of direction that gets you. And, of course, at a linebacker, um, that's a big deal. Uh, and so that, that that's going to count there. Um, so Drake Greenlaw coming back is huge. And, again, my what, what should happen with this, he should slowly be brought back. Okay, Aziz should still be the linebacker number two. You put Dre Greenlaw in at linebacker number three for a week, two, three, two to three weeks. Then if the play speaks for itself, which if Dre Greenlaw is like Dre Greenlaw has been, he should elevate to that number two spot. Aziz jumps back to the three. That's the idea. That's the progression. That's the playbook that we should see there. And then gravy. Hey, let's talk about this, baby. Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving Day food. It is so good. I've had pumpkin pie too many days in a row, but not enough days in a row, if that makes sense. Um, but the gravy on top, Dre Greenlaw. Uh, sorry, Dre Greenlaw. I just talked about D Ford. My wife is calling me. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> she's going to get mad at me. I love you, baby. Uh, I'll text you soon. Uh, D Ford. Um, they're going to activate him tomorrow. He didn't practice today. But they're hoping he can go um, Sunday, which is more great news. Again, we are on the bank's dime. And what I mean by that is we've already got our D Ford money. Anything that he brought this year, you know, I was all summer talking about he should, he's probably going to retire. I don't think he'll ever play again. He came out and got a couple sacks for us. And, and that was, that's extra money. Now went to IR again, but he's coming back. Anything we get from him, anything, it's extra. So expectations low, you get anything. My guess is might play seven to ten snaps this week. Third downs only, um, and that's all that it's going to be. Like I don't think anything else is going to take place there with D Ford. Um, and again, I hope the best. Always hope for the best, right? That's what you want. But yeah, you just kind of stay. I'm staying out of that. Like. Anything we get, great. That's all that there is to it. Um, let's see here. Uh, none of your business. He says, uh, do you think the Everson Griffiths situation will matter? Okay, well, a couple things I want to talk about this. Um, one, mental health's a big deal. Um, and so I, the person always matters more than the sport or the team. Uh, and so like that has to go first and foremost. And I love the fact that it ended without anybody getting um, – hurt or you know whatever if you don't know the situation go read it i don't want to dive too much in it but first and foremost i'm glad he's okay and i hope that he gets the attention and help that he needs it's not his first time with this 
Um, and, you know, Everson Griffith on the field is incredible. He didn't get signed this year and was kind of left out there for a large part of uh, the history of this stuff. It, it, it's heartbreaking. Um, my family is littered with this. And so I've been through this from a very, very early age. And it destroys families, destroys communities. So, one, first and foremost, I hope that he gets the attention and the help that he needs. And anybody else out there, like, holidays are great. Not for everybody. Um, for people that have lost a lot of loved ones, man, I'll tell you right now, holidays are the worst time of the year. Um, and they're difficult. So what, what I would ask and what I would encourage, man, reach out to people, even the people you don't like, even the people you still have grudges, just shoot a text. Hey, hope you have a good, you know, weekend thinking about you, whatever, just any type of positivity you can put out there. Because again, holidays are hard. They're hard. Uh, we always think about them and we see like all the commercialized, whatever that's most of that's BS. Uh, if you have a family to spend time with, that's amazing. Most people don't, a lot of people don't. So be over generous and reach out to people. Now we got to cover the football side of this. Everson Griffin, he's incredible. Um, he's a hell of a player on the field and this is a huge loss. There, there is no doubt about that. This is a gigantic loss for kind of what they do um, on the field. He's got 10 quarterback hits. He's got 15 tackles. He's got five sacks, a forced fumble. The dude's a beast. Um, he's an absolute stud on the field. Yes, this hurts them big time. Does it change the way that you game plan anything? It does not on the offensive side. No. Um, he's an interior guy usually, and so just understand um yeah it affects it and we're gonna the next episode we do will be all minnesota vikings and again if you want some of the extra stuff you can head over to the patreon because again i already put some film up over there and tommy tommy huxley i love you man you're incredible don't you dare call pumpkin pie trash you you're better than that you be better than that <laughs> don't be that guy don't be that guy now back to the 49ers um two new additions to this team um, the first one is Devin Funches signed to the practice squad. So again, the name is a big name. Former second round pick out of Michigan, went to the Carolina Panthers. He's a big dude. 6'4", 225. I want to be really honest with you, probably 6'4", 235, 240. Uh, dude's big. Uh, we, we used to say in the coaching world, you're about a burrito away from putting your hand in the dirt. Uh, you're getting too big there. You're, you're almost defensive end size, buddy. Um, and again, he was a tight end kind of wide receiver, big-bodied guy. Um, but 21 career interceptions or touchdowns, nothing to scoff at. Started 41 games, um, opted out of 2020, and he was injured in training camp. And so this is just uh, kind of kick the tires. My guess, if I had to bet, probably never going to play a snap for the 49ers. Um, and if Mohamed Sunu comes back healthy, I, I don't think Funches will be around much longer after that. But they've kind of been recycling these last couple practice squad positions. Um, so we'll have to see what happens. We did cut Austin Watkins. Um, Off-season favorite. Um, I really like that guy. My guess is not the last time we'll see Austin Watkins. Hopefully he catches on and has a great career somewhere. But uh, my guess is if he stays out there, we'll probably get him back if we have an injury or something along those lines. Now, reading through the lines, one of the negatives could be maybe Mohamed Sanu's injury is a little bit longer than anticipated. I hope not. And again, that's just conjecture. But if you're trying to see, okay, what does this you know, addition mean, that's a possibility. Not saying that's the case. I'm saying that's a possibility with the limited information that we have. Um, now, also brought in another cornerback by the name of Luke Barco. Um, he's a 6'1", 175 guy, so very small frame. 
similar to kind of Emmanuel Mosley's build. Very, very slender, but a little bit more height. Um, he's an undrafted free agent out of San Diego and 20, uh, San Diego state. Sorry. Big difference between those two schools. Um, in 2020, he's with the Jags last year, started one game and he's only got 152 career snaps. So again, this is a big unknown, probably somebody that our coaching staff was big on as an undrafted free agent chose not to come with us and you brought him along. Uh, nothing really, again, just trying to see. You're just trying to see. Uh, is a special teams guy? Where's he going to fit? That's probably about it. Um, I, again, with these guys late in the season like this, probably not going to see a snap. It's just probably, sadly, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope both of these guys become prominent 49ers and contribute to the team and make a lot of money for their career. But realistically, whenever you look at it, eh, probably not going to be around uh, for a long time. But I'm hoping that they are. Eli Mitchell. He was in a blue non-contact jersey again, which I expect that to continue this week. Um, he was last week, all week as well, with the finger injury. This is probably the biggest injury news that we have. Eli Mitchell playing this week is an absolute must because Jeff Wilson, not explosive. He's methodical. He's tough. He's going to do what's right. Great at pass protection. Can catch out of the backfield. Great. Trey Sermon, a little more explosive. Uh, not speed-wise, but results-wise, his vision's way better. But again, Kyle Shanahan definitely has him behind Jeff Wilson. Uh, Elijah Mitchell brings the explosive plays to the running game. That's not named Debo. Debo's great, and we're going to continue to see Debo. But Debo shouldn't get the ball. He got the ball nine times last time out of the backfield. That's too much. Ideally, you want Debo to get kind of three to four out of the backfield and be a wide receiver the rest of the time. Elijah Mitchell allows you to continue to get the explosive plays in the running game and allow Debo and Ayuk to work from the wide receiver position. So if he comes back, I'm telling you, this this is key, okay? Elijah Mitchell, big-time deal, needs to be out there. It's very important. So keep track with this. We'll see what happens. He's not doing receiver drills, but he did take part today in all the wide receiver position drills, so it's slowly stepping up. Um, we'll have to see what happens there. It's it, it, it's a big deal because again, our offense it's not so much that's limited, but the explosive plays, which is kind of paramount in this Kyle Shanahan scheme. We saw the twenty-two play drive. The last two opening drives for the 49ers are the two longest drives since two thousand three in the NFL, which is incredible. Thirteen minutes and eleven minutes would change on both of them. But that's not really what you want to happen if you're Kyle Shanahan. You want the methodical play drives, but you want interspersed explosive plays. And we've kind of been missing that. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's kind of your, you know, he's going to deal the ball, high accuracy. But if we're getting explosive plays in the passing game, it's because of yards after the catch, broken tackles with Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, so on and so forth. Well, the running game, we've had none. The longest rush was 12 yards. That was Trey Sermon. Jeff Mitchell, uh, Jeff Wilson's longest run was 11. Elijah Mitchell ups that almost exponentially. And that's his speed. He's a 4-3 guy. It, like he, Elijah Mitchell's for real. So it just, it adds a whole nother dynamic. And so, yeah, 22 play drives are great, but you would much rather prefer a 10 to an 11 play drive with a couple 20 yarders mixed in between. Does that make sense? And so that's what we want to get back with him. Now, man, if you guys have not bet with us in my bookie, I don't know what you're waiting on. One, we quadrupled up last week. We nailed it. But this is a free bet. Free for $250. You can't lose.
This year, Turkey Day at my bookie gives you plenty of reasons to be thankful. Starting with, listen to this, a $250 risk-free bet on Thursday when the Cowboys host the Raiders. Here's how it works. You can't lose. Bet the spread between the Raiders and the Cowboys. Right now, the Cowboys are favored by seven. So you got to pick either the Cowboys to win by more than seven or the Raiders to lose by less than seven. And if you win, you win. You get whatever you bet. However, if you bet and lose, listen to this, my bookie will refund you all the way up to $250. Simply put, you can't lose. And that's why I call it no risk all gravy. So before you get your bet on over at mybookie.ag, you can scan the QR code on the screen or go to mybookie.ag. Use promo code 49ers, 49ERS, and they're going to double your first deposit. So if you haven't started an account, open one for 125 bucks. They're going to credit you another 125 bucks. Then you bet this, you can't lose. Um, and again, understand that rollovers do apply. If you have any questions, contact their customer service on the website. Very, very easy to use. Again, that's promo code 49ERS. Feast risk-free on Turkey Day with my bookie. Thank you, guys. This is, this is awesome. Please get in on this. All right, that game is tomorrow. Now, listen to this. And it hurts me to say this. I'm taking the Cowboys to cover, Okay. Now the main I hate the Cowboys. I really really do, but I do think they're a good team and I think that the the Raiders are just bottom dwellers. And we all hate both these teams, right? The Raiders have lost 3 in a row. Listen to who they've lost to. The Chiefs, okay, cool. The Bengals, all right. The Giants. They lost to the Giants. And guess what? It's a 7-point spread, right? They lost all 3 of those games by 7 points or more. Like they they wouldn't have covered against the Giants. They're just, they're they're spiraling out of control on and off the field. Obviously, the headlines are there. Man, I'm not going to be surprised if Derek Carr, who's played relatively well, but man, they haven't scored over 16 points in three weeks straight. That's an offensive issue. That's an offensive issue. Um, Cowboys are going to score that much. It's going to happen. So I'm, I'm taking the Cowboys in this one. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I hate rooting for either one of these two teams, almost like you want the stadium to implode. Um, but anyway, uh, take that for what you will. So that, that's where we're going with that. Now, let's jump to... Oh, I'm excited about this. Hall of Fame semifinalists. Oh, I freaking love it. it you know, we, sports are beautiful because... It brings people together in a common kind of venture, like my team versus your team. And it gives us the, this communal, like, fire. But whenever you look at it from the past and the present, right? Man, I love comparing Debo to past wide receivers. I, I love carrying, like, where does Fred Warner fit in the 49ers linebacker like tradition, right? God, that's beautiful. Those conversations, they're subjective, right? And you say, well, I like this guy because of this and that and that and that. And it never really matches up, but the debates are beautiful. So the 49 or sorry, the NFL announced 26 um, semifinalists. Usually it's 25. But what happened this year, the last two people tied for votes. So, so they just brought them both in. So there's 26 people instead of 25, and three of them are 49ers. So let's talk about those. Now, the first one we're going to talk about is Anquan Bolden. Now, he had three years with the 49ers. The majority of his career was with the Ravens and others. Like, So understand, like, yes, he's a 49er, and he's incredible. Whenever I did my top 49ers of all time, he didn't even make the list. He didn't even make honorable mention. He did have two 1,000-yard seasons with us, 
And again, you guys throw up. Y'all let me know. What is your favorite Anquan Bolden moment? Because the dude was tough as hell for three years, right? Whenever he came over. And on top of that, 2014, whenever he went for 1,000 yards. In 2013 and 2014, he went for 1,000 yards. He's our last wide receiver to do so. Debo, six yards away this year, uh, will end our seven-year drought of no wide receivers having over 1,000 yards. Now, Kittle did break the 1,000-yard mark, but he's not a wide receiver, right? He's a tight end, so that's why uh, that keeps going. And, and what's crazy is, again, went back. Guess how what we got? We traded for Anquan Bolden from the Ravens. Does anybody remember what we gave up for him? Like, we gave up a six-round pick to get him. They thought he was done. He comes over with us back-to-back 1,000-yard -back seasons. The pick that we traded ended up becoming Theo Riddick, um, which... Yeah, I mean, he was a decent third down back for a couple years, but that was about it. But with Bolden, you know, I, I don't, I don't, he's a 49er, so he's part of the family, but his best years were with the Ravens. That's where he won the Super Bowl against us, which hurts even more. He did have three Pro Bowls. Um, he was the 2003 Rookie of the Year out of Florida State. 2015, I think this is probably the biggest thing. In 2015, he was the Walter Payton Man of the Year. That was with us. That's huge. The NFL loves that, and I do as well. People that give back to the community, that's a Walter Payton Award. Um, but flip side, never was a first-team All-Pro, never made the second-team All-Pro. Um, so he was never the best at his position. He was probably the best blocking and tough wide receiver. If he would have played back in the 60s or 70s, he would have been a tight end with how big he is and physical he is. But the longevity is there. 13,000-plus yards receiving, which is 14th all-time for wide receivers. 1,076 receptions, 9th all-time for wide receivers. Now, Pro Football Reference, which is one of my favorite sites where I do a lot of my research, it's a free site. Um, just profootballreference.com. Check it out. You play around in there, get lost. If you like spreadsheets, it's your thing. Uh, <laughs> they do what's called a Hall of Fame monitor number for every player which is a lot of fun to look at. And it takes in, like, you know, postseason awards, Super Bowls, longevity, leading in statistical categories for your position, whatever else, right? Um, and he gets a score of 79.02. What the hell does that mean? Well, that puts him 31st all-time amongst wide receivers. The average Hall of Fame score for wide receivers that are already in the Hall of Fame is a 104.62. Okay, which tells me, looking at the metrics, looking at the stats, the career, all those things, I don't think that he's going to get in now. I think that this is going to be somebody that maybe five to ten years from now will get in. And especially whenever you look at the position, Reggie Wayne's up this year. Um, Reggie Wayne had much more prolific numbers, Super Bowls, whatever else. So uh, I don't think Anquan gets in. Next up, um, and again, I don't want this just to be about the past. So I wanted to sprinkle in just a couple of plays um, just from our breakdowns over on Patreon that I wanted to share from you. And, man, let's, let's go Debo at the running back position, bringing in an explosive. This is what explosive running games. We talked about this with Elijah Mitchell. Debo brings it, but you can't give the, D, the ball to Debo 20 times. Oh, man. Charlie Warner's for real. Let's watch Trent. Trent just going to collapse everybody. Dude. Look out here. Look at Brendan Ayuk, man. Oh. Bully ball. That's all this is. Bully ball. Oh. So good. 
We get Brunskill in the open field taking on Jack. Yep, missed it, buddy. Whew. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get a pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to 100 Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Dude, so good. Ah, oh, just so clean, and just he just jumps off the tape. You know what I mean? Like, whatever the it factor is, you talk about speed, you can talk about straight, uh, whatever. When you watch the tape, there's just whatever it is. It's it's just he's crazy. I love this. Uh Shot J on Debo, the walking WMD of the field. You're not wrong, my friend. You're not wrong. Now let's jump back to the past. Oh my gosh. I love this guy so much being a defensive player growing up. BY Bryant Young. Incredible. The longevity. Dude played for 14 years. Now, on top of that, you know, whenever we did our ranking of the top uh, 49ers all time, and I want to say thank you to Sin, uh, Brian, uh, both Brian's Carter and Centron, Phil. I mean, we had so many guys. George, I think he was there for that one as well. A lot of other people, but man, just bringing all of this, you know, that's the brain trust. I bounce this stuff off them, and they tell me, "No, you're wrong. You're too high. You're too low." And it just that dialogue takes place. And again, uh, if you haven't taken part in the Patreon Zoom hangouts, it's the best time of the month. Like you got to jump in on that. Um, Brian Young, I had him number eleven. My 11th player all-time is the 49ers. Um, four Pro Bowls, one All-Pro. But he was a three-time second-team All-Pro. So you're talking about somebody for over half a decade was the top two to four player at his position. One Super Bowl, that terrible injury, comes back 1999 Comeback Player of the Year. 1990s All-Decade Team. The dude from the interior had 89 and a half sacks. That's incredible if i'm not i'm pretty sure he is still the 49ers all-time leading sack leader off the top of my head if somebody wants to prove me wrong there um i'm pretty sure he is like from the defensive tackle position it's not supposed to be that way that's how damn good bryant young was forever a decade and a half this dude was there so if you're looking at the career of by amazing human check okay longevity check Super Bowl, check. 
All pros, check. All decade team, check. Stats, check. The only thing that I could think of is his personality. He was so damn chill. He never pointed to himself. He, he didn't want attention. He just wanted to play. Um, now, looking back to that pro football reference Hall of Fame monitor number, he's got a 65.8, which is pretty low. Um, 18th among um, defensive tackles all time. The average Hall of Fame score for a defensive tackle is 115. So, man, he's like at the halfway point of that. And a lot of that is because, again, um, you know, the postseason stuff, he got one Super Bowl. And then the All-Pro stuff, he got one. That's kind of the issue there. Uh, but dude was just an absolute baller. I, I don't think that he gets in this time. I think eventually he will. I think that the players that played this long with one team and all that kind of stuff, like the stats are there, like I said. I love BY. Unfortunately... I don't think that he gets in this year. I think that he's a guy that's going to have to wait a while. Obviously, he's older than the other players on this list that are 49ers. Um, but yeah, Bryant Young was unbelievable. And I feel bad because a lot of people didn't get to see him. You know what I mean? Us older folks, uh, dude was just so consistent. Nonstop. He, he was just great. Um, all right, let's jump now to another play. Um, today's time, blending the old with the new. And one of the toughest players in the 49ers now. I, I mean, Bryant Young on the offensive side, right? This is George Kittle's touchdown from Jimmy G. And, man, Kittle's just whew, unstoppable sometimes. And if they don't get it, are they going to be able to drive on your team? I don't think so. This is a weird-ass formation. We've done this a few. We've done this once or twice. where you it, It's a gator formation, right? It's what we called it back in my high school playing days. We never ran this as a coaching staff. Where you have quads to the left in an empty formation. And yeah, they, they don't know what's going on. It's a complete mess. They come out. Everybody sits still. And you just throw it to your inside, man. Look, everybody's just chill. This is a one-man route. Watch this stib. Watch him oversell this. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Boom. Right there. Nice catch. They didn't know how to line up to it. And so, again, you beat them on the chalkboard. I mean, this is this is just a disaster waiting to happen defensively. Boom. Touchdown, George Kittle. <laughs> Boom, baby. Man, Love it's so it, fun man. to watch him. Ah. See the pass protection. Perfect. Look at where he's letting go of this ball. Again, you're just paying attention and trusting your tight end wide receiver. If you get that inside release, it's open because they blitzed. You just throw it to a spot and you let him go get it. Sure enough, I mean, that's really good coverage. But Kittle, good throw, good catch, beats it. That's awesome, man. Kittle, I mean, he's he's playing some good, good ball. You want to talk about like why the offense has been so great and why uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's been so great for four straight weeks? Kittle better be at the center of that conversation. He better be there because that's how damn good he is and what he brings to this team over and over again. Like, it's it's just, it does not stop. He helps in the run game, the pass game, the mentality, the locker room, the sidelines. The dude is the glue that holds it all together. And it's a tight end. How many teams can say that their tight end is the guy, the voice of the team? There's no doubt. It is George Kittle. Adam, oh, man, thank you, man. He says, why do you think it's taken so long for George Kittle to be used in the red zone? I'll say this, uh, Adam, great point. 
when Trey Lance, again, this is just Chapman theory, okay? So you can discard this and whatever. If you you know, you know listen to other podcasts, you're going to disagree with what I'm saying right now, and that's okay. Uh, I believe in the discourse. I believe in uh, alternate perspectives, and you kind of filter through those and derive your own. You know, I tell my students all the time, my job is not to give you answers. My job is to help you to understand what questions to ask, and then you figure that out for yourself. Don't listen to your dad. Don't listen to me. Don't agree with me. I'm a madman. Um, but if I can help you understand how to filter through and get out like the crap outside, whatever, then maybe you can ask the right questions and come to your answers on your own because that's what this is, right? So I'll say this. Jimmy Garoppolo finally is on fire in the red zone. This has not been the case throughout much of his career and time with the 49ers. We've been very bad. Kyle Shanahan has been awful at red zone percentage. So we go out and we draft Trey Lance, whom has one of the best red zone percentages because he brings the running game and all the extra stuff that was supposed to be used in the red zone. Go back to training camp. Go back to the first week. What happens? Guess who threw the first touchdown pass of the season? It was Trey Lance, right? Jimmy between the 20s. You get in the red zone. Let's sprinkle in a little bit of Trey Lance and increase that red zone percentage. Well, what happened this year, guys? Jimmy Garoppolo is the best red zone touchdown percentage quarterback, I think, like, in the last, like, five or six years in twenty in this season. So, you brought in Trey to maybe help with that. And, again, Kyle Shanahan talked about today. Um, I'll try to get the clips for you guys later. But, said, there's no doubt Trey's the quarterback of the future. But Jimmy's the guy right now, and we'll see for how long that is. Maybe it is next year. We still have him under contract next year, by the way. Um, but Jimmy has... St- kept off Trey Lance. Why? Because what he's doing in the red zone is incredible. So back to your question, Adam, why do you think it's taken so long for George Kittle to be used in the red zone? Is it the chicken or the egg? You throw the ball to Kittle in the end zone. Guess what? He's going to score touchdowns. What is it? Three games in a row. He scored a touchdown. Never done that before in his career. And you look at Jimmy G. Guess what? The dude is being beyond efficient in the red zone. And so as we continue down this path, as long as whether it's Kittle being targeted in the red zone or whatever, I mean, here, here's another play. This is the other, this is the IU touchdown. But again, watch Jimmy G. He's dealing whenever he gets into the red zone. I mean, he worked the left side of the field and came back. Watch his eyes. He's staring down Kittle. And that's where he wanted to go right here. But it's, I mean, they got that in a triangle. But then he comes back off recognizes where Ayuk is, and throws it to the open spot. Ooh, as he got hit in the back. Come on, Jalen Moore. Nice touchdown, man. <laughs> get it, Ayuk. Jalen Moore is going to get beat off the edge here by Smoot. Smoot is having a game now. Good job. Just see how he got his weight over his feet. Now he's just hoping and praying. Jimmy G gets the ball out. Perfect timing. Boom. Man, that is good. And so here's the deal. Again, th- th- the first read was Kittle, okay? He was triple covered. I mean, they they bracketed him with the safety over the top. So that's going to open everything else up. And so, Adam, I think you're right. You, your target, Kittle, but if they take that away from you, you have Debo and you have Ayuk. And those guys, or Juszczyk, right, who's going to be open as well. And one target was to a wide-open Jeff Wilson that um, Jimmy missed. So... I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question, but 
everything starts with Kittle once you get down there, and then it expands. If you take Kittle away, guess what? We'll go Ike. You take Kittle away, we'll go Debo. We'll do those things. But it starts with Jimmy. Whether it starts with Kittle or it starts with Jimmy, Jimmy's been on fire for four weeks in a row, especially in the red zone and no turnovers. Um, I think he's had one turnover in four games. I think that's correct. But he's done really, really well. And as long as this red zone percentage stays where it is, which I don't think it will, I don't think it can, um, the 49ers are going to keep winning games. That's all there is to it. Um, so, anyway. Um, let's see here. Oh, I love this. From uh, Mendoza, he says, I met BY at my church. It was so cool to see him in person. I love it, man. That is awesome. I love those personal stories. Um, it just it adds, I don't know, it just adds fruit maybe to who they are as people because we see them on TV and we do all these things and, you know, we, we jerseys and, you know, cards and whatever, but man, they're, they're just people and they're just us. And so whenever you see the humanity and that, Hey man, that's just a really big dude. That's just like a lot of people I know. It's awesome. And so like the relationships that can be built there, I love it. And here we go, man. Let's talk number three. Okay. Patrick Willis. I cannot tell you how little fat Chapman was watching this dude play in college. I, I was the biggest Patrick Willick fan before we drafted him. I don't like Ole Miss, but man, the way he played. I was playing linebacker at the time. Um, I, I was just such a big fan of what he was. And I've always loved linebackers. Like that's just that's usually my go-to position, right? Especially if I'm watching defensive tape. I'm watching the linebackers. I've coached linebackers. I played linebacker. Like that's my spot. Nobody better than Patrick Willis. There's nobody better than Patrick Willis. You can go through and you can talk about how he didn't play that long. He played for eight years. Okay, cool. That is a legit criticism, but nobody was better. Find another linebacker that played that well for eight years. You're wrong. You're wrong. I'm taking Patrick Willis over everybody. I don't give a damn. I don't care. I don't care. Now, we did our top 49ers of all time. And guess where Patrick Willis wound up? Number five, one, two, three, four, fifth. Um, that's where he was. Um, only Rice, Montana, Young, and Lot were ahead of him, and that's like right where he fits. He's that damn good. He played eight years, retired early with the injuries, seven Pro Bowls, and this was back when Pro Bowls meant something. Five All Pros, five, five All Pros. Now, here's what's crazier about that. His second year, he was defensive rookie of the year and an all-pro as a rookie and led the NFL in tackles as a rookie. Stepped on the field, day one, best linebacker in the NFL. Year two, he missed the first team all-pro by one damn vote. It went to John Beeson, and credit to him, John Beeson's a stud, not trying to take anything away from him. However, one vote. If he would have got at that, he would have got six straight all-pros, which is almost unheard of. Six straight? Dude was in the 2010 All-Decade team, uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year, led the NFL in tackles. Uh, now, listen to this. Pro Football Reference Hall of Fame Monitor. He got a 108.1. It's eighth all-time for linebackers, and he did it in eight years. Longevity is such a big formula to what the Hall of Fame is. He doesn't have that. Super Bowls, titles, that's a big deal for the Hall of Fame. He doesn't have that either. But if you look at his number, 108.1, the average Hall of Fame linebacker has a 113. So he's right there. 
Um, and again, you look at what happened recently with Calvin Johnson, who I'm not taking away Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson belongs in the Hall of Fame. He was the first ballot Hall of Famer. The only difference between Calvin Johnson's dominance and Patrick Willis's dominance was one had the ball in their hand in Calvin Johnson, and that's what kids see. That's video games. That's what it is, right? Patrick Willis was more dominant than Calvin Johnson was. That's all there is to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking argue with the wall <laughs> all day on this one and so it's not so much that patrick willis deserves it more than calvin johnson that's what i'm saying i'm saying if calvin johnson is a hall of fame worthy player and i think that he is then patrick willis is an even more so hall of fame player and deserves to be in there with him he got snubbed two years in a row now understand this and this is important to hear for niners fans he's gonna get in He's going to get in. This year, he should get in. But even if he does not, I promise you, the Hall of Fame will eventually get Patrick Willis in. Uh, unfortunately, there are narratives that certain sports writers adhere to. You know, you've got the stats. Was he the best at his position? Um, did he have championships? And how long did he play for? And so he's got some strikes against him. But, yeah, man, Um Patrick Willis, he he's the man. He deserves to be in there. I think he gets in this year. He sure as hell should have. Um, he was just nuts, man. What he did, he was the best. He was the identity of our team from the linebacker. You remember the club that he had when he broke his hand? And he just played with that huge. He almost used it as like a weapon. Um, and yeah, man, uh, missile. Like he, he talks about this. Remember that Patrick's hit on Brad Smith? I hated that play. And like you just see the guy's body go limp. Oh, I couldn't stand that. Uh, bothered me very, very much. But uh, yeah. And so like here we go, man. Like that's what we got those three guys. I think Patrick Smith gets in. I don't think Bryant Young does this year. I don't think Anquan Bolden does this year. But I will say this, and people have asked me, okay? This is going to go against something I said earlier this year. If Patrick Willis or BY gets in, because they'll be, you know, enshrined as 49ers, would you throw a road trip together for us in Canton, Ohio? You bet your ass I will. I'll be the first one there, man. So I'm telling you right now, if one of those two get in, now, Bolden, I love Bolden. He's going to go in as a Raven, and they deserve that, right? That's where he did his business. We we got a little bit of the extra, but he's not a 49er. He's not retiring as a 49er. It's just not what he's going to do. But if, if BY or if freaking Patrick Willis get into Canton, man, we're going to be there celebrating 49ers Rush Road Trip uh, that's what we're doing, man. We'll, we'll be there for that Hall of Fame game, for the enshrinement and all that stuff. You know, I, I was able to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame this year, but I couldn't go for the actual game because of teaching. We had stuff that weekend, so I missed John Lynch. But again, he wasn't brought in as a 49er. Um, like, I understand that. But no, one of those guys gets in, we going to be there. That's that's all there is to it. Um, so that's there. Uh, real quick, uh yeah, I just want to say, see some people putting some political stuff in there. We ain't doing that. Uh, I don't care what side you're on. That's not what we're doing. I'll put you in timeout. We do it again, then you're going to get blocked. Uh, we, we here to talk 49ers, baby. That's that's my team. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> Debo Ayuk 2024. That's what I'm talking about. Now, uh, before we move on, I uh, do want to talk about, man, our rush road trip. Gosh, Lee, man, as the playoffs are getting closer and closer and closer, that Week 18 game is going to be everything. 
It's going to be our 17th game against the Rams. We're going to be in Los Angeles. It's going to be incredible. Check out this hype video. I've shown it a couple times, and every time I see it, I get goosebumps and I smile because of the people and just what we are able to accomplish. So check this out. 49ersRushRoadTrip.com, man. Head over there, guys. Smiles on my face, man. I freaking love it. Uh, ah, it makes me all. It makes me so excited. Come hang out with us, man. We're going to be putting together the best party we've ever thrown. Uh, always up in our game, never staying the same. That's what I believe. Uh, I know there's a lot of podcasts out there that do a great job, and I listen to them and I support them financially if I can, and all those ways. But man, I tell you what, nobody's going to work harder than us. They might work as hard as us. I don't, I don't think that we work harder than, but they're not going to outwork us. Uh, we might work the same. And I love what they do. And a lot of your podcasters come out to these events. I think that's such a testament to the community that we are building that's positive and uplifting. It's not a competition. It's freaking in this together. Um, ah, man, I love it. But if it was a competition, you're not going to outwork me. <laughs> and I'll, I hope that's okay. I know I'm sounding like an a-hole right now. I apologize. All right, here we go. Let's go to this weekend, man. I, I love, I love Thanksgiving. It, it's I've always said this in the past, um, <laughs> food family football, which my family is pretty damn weird, whatever. But my immediate family now with my wife and kids absolutely adore. Uh, it, it, you got everything you want. Now, it's a made-up holiday, whatever else. Don't care. But thank for people, and that's great. And that's a good thing. And there's so much football on, college, NFL, all that stuff. So I thought it would be really important to throw together a cheering guide this week for the 49ers. Okay, and what who you should be pulling for in order of most important to least important. Okay, so I've got one, two, three, four, five, six games. Here we go. This isn't necessarily who I think is going to win. I'm telling you who you want to win if you're a 49ers fan because of the playoff race. Okay, number one most important game this week. The Bills need to beat the Saints. And I think that they can, and I think that they will. Um, the Saints are currently in the seventh spot. We're tied with them, but they're right ahead of us. So if the Saints lose, we win, we jump right into that spot. Okay, next game, Dolphins over the Panthers. We need the Panthers to lose. Need the Panthers to lose. Um, next most important, Giants over the Eagles. Now, we already have the tiebreaker over the Eagles, which is important, but the Eagles are on fire. Uh, probably the three hottest teams in the NFC right now. 49ers, Vikings, and Eagles. Um, one of those is going to end this week between the Vikings and 49ers, and we already beat the Eagles. So if we can hold those tiebreakers over all of those those two surging teams, it's going to help the 49ers big time. 
Next up, this one's this one's rough. Okay, y'all y'all can disagree with me here. The Seahawks need to beat Washington. Ooh, ugh, yuck! Need to take a shower. I, I don't I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. Uh, I don't know if I'm big enough <laughs> to to pull for Seattle over Washington. Um, but you know, Washington's not far behind us. In fact, they are exactly one game behind us, and they have a much better conference record, and we don't play them. So if for some reason we finish with the same record as Washington, they would beat us in the tiebreaker because we don't play them head-to-head, and their conference record is two games better than ours. Um, so, yeah, I don't yeah, – again, yeah, Tommy, I'm with you. I'm not saying the Seahawks will win. I'm telling you it helps the 49ers if the Seahawks beat – the Washington football team. Next up, the Jags, who we just destroyed. I don't think they're good at all. Over the Falcons. Now, I don't think the Falcons are that good either. Um, but it would help us if the Jags beat the Falcons. The last one, again, and this one, I'm, I'm not sure how you feel about it. The Packers need to beat the Rams. Now, listen to me here. Why do the Rams matter? I understand we're in the same division. We're two games back of the Rams currently. We play them again week 18, 49ersRoadTrip.com. If the Rams lose one game more than us, and then we go into that week 18 matchup down one game from the Rams and beat them, we own the tiebreaker. We would leapfrog them. They're not out of reach. They're not out of reach. Now, they're coming off of a bye week. Aaron Rodgers' toes broke. I'm probably not, I'm not betting this game. But if the Packers do beat the Rams, whew. You know, we were worried about, man, can we get to that seven spot? Well, now we're tied for the sixth spot, and we lose out on tiebreakers. I'm telling you right now, that fifth spot, not out of reach. Now, we can't get into the top four because we can't win our division, right? The Cardinals are 9-2. and two. I, I don't see a way that we can make up those three and a half games, and they beat us both times. So, really, you gotta, it's, it's four and a half games you have to do to beat them. I don't think that's happening. So, division winners are the first four seeds. But that five seed, it's open. It's open. Um, I think logically the six, seven seed is much more likely. But hey, if you're a dreamer, baby, that's what you're that's what you're pulling for. So we're Bills over Saints, Dolphins over Panthers, Giants over Eagles, Seahawks over Washington, Jags over Falcons, Packers over Rams. That's what we're looking for. That's what we want to see this week. So uh, that's there for you. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Be thankful. You guys are the absolute best. Um, I'm going to be at the game this week, as I've said. A lot of people have reached out. I appreciate that. Again, if you got a tailgate, man, I want to come make an appearance. Me and Miss Chapman headed up there. We got a wedding up there this weekend, um, and we're going to be there early. So uh, hit me up, man. 49ers Rush Podcast at gmail.com. Twitter at JL underscore Chapman. Uh, that's where you can reach out to me. You guys are the best. Thank you. And as always, stay strong, faithful. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.